Welcome to the Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in. Is how anything is possible. Yes, and grace is how anything that is possible is achievable. Yes, <laughs> I'm about to take you on a journey. Are you ready? Yes, so we said that grace is a combination of divine possibility and divine ability. I'm doing a quick refresher on grace consciousness. Grace is how anything is possible. Grace is how anything that is possible is achievable. Grace is a combination of divine possibility and divine ability. If, you're, if this is sounding new to you, you know where to go. Yeah. Head to Podbean, look for Grace Consciousness by Power, you'll find it. If you're on Apple, iPhone, go to Apple Podcasts, search the truth simply put, or just type Grace Consciousness, it will come up. It will come up. I'm hammering on consciousness in this season because honestly, once the Church of Jesus Christ gets it, everything will change. Everything. Everything will change. It's all about consciousness. It's all about consciousness. It's all about consciousness. It's all about <laughs> consciousness. Grace is a combination of divine possibility and divine ability. Why? Because grace is a personality along with his ability. Now, when we receive the Holy Spirit, what did we receive? What did we receive? Grace. Because grace is a personality along with his ability. John 1.14. Ah, oh, I love that scripture. I can't tire of reading it. I want to read John 1.14, 16 and 17. I want to pretend, pretend, pretend. Don't, don't judge me, right? Judge me. I want to pretend 15 is not there. Do you understand? Can we, can we play a game of pretend? <laughs> yeah? Just pretend, okay? I want to read 14. 16 and 17 as as one all right put it up john 1 14 and the world became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory somebody say his, his. the glory of the word yes. word became flesh dwelt among us we became we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth go on no go to, go to 15 which you are not reading you get it? 16. Because the guys are writing. So they can leave a thought briefly, qualify something else, and then continue their thought. That's what 15 was. Yeah, I don't have time to show you that. Yeah, part of humanities. You're writing, and then something comes up. Like I do it a lot here. I was talking about Paul. Paul was taking a journey. I paused. I gave you a backstory. Then he came back and continued it. They do it when they're writing as well. So he starts it we beheld his glory, the glory of the living God of his Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, this, John talked about this when he, yeah. right? So, 15 is by the wayside. Do you understand it now? So, can we go back to 14 and continue to 16? Right, come back to 14. And the world became flesh and dwelt among us, 
and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. Somebody say grace. And truth. Next verse, which will be 16 now. And of his fullness, full of grace. Full of grace and truth. The word who became flesh, full of grace and truth. Full of grace. Of that fullness of what? Of what? We have received. And what what have we received? Or grace upon grace. Now, if he is full of grace and truth, it therefore follows that when you receive of that fullness, you want his grace for grace. So what is that fullness? Grace. He is full of grace and truth. Of that fullness, 16 back up on the screen, we have received grace for or grace upon grace or grace that meets and overshadows grace or grace that subsumes and immerses or takes over grace. Next verse. And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. Now next verse. For the law. For. The law was given through Moses. Ah, yeah, yeah. But. So. 14. 16. 17. Emphasis on Jesus full of grace. And we have received of the fullness. Grace for grace. Because grace came through Christ Jesus. Who is full of grace. And we have received of his fullness. Uh, so what amongst other things, but in contextually to this scripture, what have we received when we received Jesus? Grace. How? What kind of grace? Or grace? Because grace came through Jesus. Does that make sense? Or along with or in Jesus. So when we receive Jesus, what have we received? Grace. Boundless grace. Okay, now I have a question with you, for you. We received grace when we received Jesus. You agree? How did you receive Jesus? Ah. <laughs> yes, we agree. But okay, let me rephrase. How is Jesus that you received in you? Hold up. Follow me carefully. It's a, it's a journey. Grace is how anything is possible. Grace is how anything that is possible is achievable. Grace is a personality along with his ability. Uh, uh, and then we have seen now in John 1, the word, Logos, Jesus became flesh. Dwelt among us, we beheld his glory, the glory of the Holy the Father, full of and of his fullness because that's what he's full of yes, of his fullness what do we receive now it has to be grace if he's full of grace and he's given us fullness the fullness is grace upon grace because grace came through jesus make sense so if we have received jesus we have received the fullness of grace that's why grace is the message Read anything outside grace, you miss Jesus. Guaranteed. Are we here? 
So now, how is Christ in you? So how do you know you have Jesus? Who is the spirit of? Galatians 4, 6. Because you are sons. He sent the spirit of his son into your heart. Crying of a father, right? Romans 8, 15. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, right? But the spirit of adoption by which you cry. Abba father. Also, John 14, 16 and 17. I said I'm taking you on a journey. Strap up, strap up. Be ready. John 14, 16 and 17. John 14, verses 16 through 17. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, a lost paracletos, that he may abide with you forever. Next verse. The spirit of tr truth. You see that? That's the another helper. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him oh, but you know him for he dwells wait come don't don't rush it jesus has not died so he says the spirit of truth dwells with you and will be in you he hadn't died. So they couldn't have the Holy Spirit. Because, hey, what about that? Can handle this? Because the Holy Spirit was with them. In a body. In Jesus' body. How, I ask again, how is Jesus in you? <laughs> so when he was praying this prayer, Jesus was on the earth. Pre-cross. He, the spirit of truth. Hold on. John 1, 17. Grace and truth came through Jesus. Hold on. John 14, 6. I am the way. I am the truth. Yes, sir. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by that truth. Thy word is truth. John 1, 14. The word became flesh. John 14, 6. I am the way. I am the truth. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth because now he dwells with you spirit of truth he another comforter another of the same Allah's paracletos when he comes he will guide into all truth I am truth he will reveal me that's why the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. Spirit of truth. And he said, I am the truth. If Jesus says, I am the truth, 
and he says the spirit of truth he said my spirit if he's saying my spirit he's saying me without my body so my body is why that spirit is with you For this spirit to benefit you, I have to drop this body. So that I can now leave my body and be in your you, your body. Are you here now? So it's not just good enough to know that it's in you by the spirit. You must understand the mechanisms and the workings of it. He's truth. He said it. That's not what Pap says. I am the way, I am the truth. Then he's praying his longest recorded prayer, John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Thy word is truth. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by him. Without him was nothing made that was made in him was light. The life was light of men, the light shines in darkness, darkness comprehends it not. And the word for him became flesh and we beheld his. The word is a him. The word is a him. The only begotten of the Father, full, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, full of grace and truth and of his fullness we have received and grace for grace. The Lord came by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, I am the truth. And then in John 14, then the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth because he will be in you even though now he is with So Jesus was the Holy Spirit in a body. That's why he said another comforter. That is not another. A loss. A loss. Another of the exact same. The exact same. Not heteros. A loss. I am going, I am coming. <laughs> Does that make sense? The only difference is I am changing bodies. <laughs> so, now, so now Romans 8 and 9 will make more sense to you. Romans 8 and 9, look at it quickly, look at it quickly. I need to, I need to, uh, are you learning this? Yes, sir. Romans 8 9. Put it up, put it up, put it up. But you are not. But in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God, someone say spirit of God, dwells in you. See the next line. If you, anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, it's not his. You are indeed in the spirit. If the spirit of God dwells in you. Yes, yes, sir. If anyone not the spirit of Christ, Paul says it so casually and so nonchalantly. Like it's it's duh, it's obvious. We're talking about the same spirit. Yes, sir. The spirit of God. You're in the spirit. If anyone does not the spirit of Christ. So who's the spirit of God? The spirit of Christ. Yes, who's the spirit of Christ? The spirit of God. Yes, <laughs> Spirit of the Son. Galatians 4 6. Spirit of adoption. Romans 8 15. Same spirit. 
That is how Christ is in you. They hush. What is the work of the Holy Spirit? Seal. Seal. Deposit. Guarantee. Christ in you. The hope of Wait. Holy Spirit is in you. Seal. Holy Spirit is in you. Guarantee. Holy Spirit is in you. Deposit. Holy Spirit is in you. First fruit. Christ in you. The of what glory has been talked about there? Who guarantees that? AKA Christ. Can I, can I push a little bit first? So, the Holy Spirit is how Christ lives in us. Let me, I, 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 I will not, I will not, no, I will not regret the statement. For lack of a better word, for lack of a better word, when I get a better word, I will inform you. But for lack of a better word, the Holy Spirit is the format of Christ in you. Or, or rephrased, Christ is in you in the format of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Christ without his body equal to Holy Spirit. Because he's the spirit of Christ. <laughs> Are you here now? Now, I said to you earlier in the beginning that grace is how anything is possible. Grace is how anything that is possible is achievable. Grace is a combination of divine ability and divine possibility because grace is a person along with his ability. And we have seen that that grace is Christ Jesus who was full of grace and of his fullness we have received and grace upon grace and grace and truth came by Jesus and Jesus is in us in the person of the Holy Spirit therefore grace is in us in the person of the Holy Spirit which is to say Christ in us what is ability as translated in the scriptures we now take a brief detour in, I told us to get on a journey. Now yes. we are branched into a service station called Power Consciousness. That's not what I'm teaching. We just branch there briefly. Yes. We'll, when we are going there, we'll reach there. Yes. But um, this Power Consciousness, now I have to borrow slightly from another bus stop called The Power of the Gospel. That's how we'll eventually navigate our way to Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the So what is power in scripture? Do not mean. What does it mean? If you remember UTG series 2, what is do not mean? The can or the power of God. 
Are we together? Yes, you followed me on the journey from grace through the word, through Jesus, through the spirit. We have received grace for grace. Grace is Jesus. Jesus is power because he's the gospel. So when you receive the spirit, received power because you received grace. When you received the spirit, you received power because you received grace. And grace is how anything is. Grace is how anything possible is. And grace is a person and his name is who is in us in the person or the format of the um, Jesus told them you shall receive Acts 1 8 when you shall receive ability when the Holy Ghost comes upon and you shall be my witnesses so when you receive the spirit you receive Jesus you receive power because you received grace uh, are you here therefore I put here the Holy Spirit in you is the fullness of the power and possibility of God The Holy Spirit in you. Whatever is doing anywhere else is his business. <laughs> this is business. What is doing your brother is his business. <laughs> the Holy Spirit alone, without you, is nothing. We are talking the Holy Spirit in you. In you. That's why it's a big deal. The Holy Spirit in a human being, in a big, it's a big deal. Once you ascertain that the Holy Spirit is in you. Now, the Holy Spirit in you now. In, so, say me saying me. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit. See. The Holy Spirit in you is the fullness of the power of God and the fullness of the ability of God. Now I introduce to you possibility consciousness. The Holy Spirit in you is the fullness of the power of God and the possibility of God. Say with me. Because Christ dwells in me by his spirit, I am able. I've explained to you how Christ dwells in you. And because he dwells in you by his spirit. 
So you see, I've told you over and over that as a, as a new creation believer, when you're singing worship, eh, after you see God, see Jesus, uncle, see yourself. If you don't see yourself inside what Jesus can do, you didn't see anything. Yeah. If you don't see yourself, what key is this? Let me hear the one. that you must also hear I am a then you tell it great and mighty Philippians 4 13. Someone's looking at me like, What are you saying? Paul says, I can do not mean. I am able to do all things. Contextually saying, I can starve, I can have more, I can be hungry, I can be full. I have that ability through Christ. Hey, 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 hey. You can't see the ability of Jesus and not see yours. You can't see the possibility of Jesus and not see us. Listen, let me announce to you what you don't know. Who Jesus is, I is. Where Jesus is, I is. What Jesus can do, I can do. If all things are possible unto him, what did they what did Jesus tell to them? He says, All things are possible to them that believe what? Believe who? Not to them that believe all things are possible, all things are possible. No, to them that believe. What is believing? In him. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead. Thomas 10. As many as received him, to them he gave authority to become sons of God, even as many as believed on his name. Whenever you see belief in scripture, it's referring to believing Jesus. Not believing for healing. You don't have faith for healing. You have faith in Jesus the healer. 
You don't have faith for provide for provision. You believe in Jesus, the provider, and therefore you enjoy provision. See, religion has taught us that there are different faiths for different things. No, the faith we receive is the faith of the Son of God. If you have faith, which you receive, oh, you don't generate faith. <laughs> the faith you have, you receive. By grace are you saved through faith. And that it is. Once you have faith, once you have received faith, you are believed. The moment you believe, you cease to be a regular guy. You cease to be a regular girl. The possibility of God comes into you never to leave. Say, because Christ dwells in me by his spirit. I am able. Take your seat. So the spirit in you, which is to say, the power of God in you, equals to endless possibilities. There's somebody listening to me today, either here in this room or online. And this singular message, to the degree that you accept the consciousness therein, will change the entire trajectory of your life. The entire trajectory of your life. You stop waiting for people to hand you stuff. You get up and start happening to stuff. Some of you are wasting valuable time feeling entitled. Mm. Sitting and waiting for something to click. For somebody to call you. For somebody to say, tell you, I remember you, you have visa. When possibilities unlock in your inside, it's like a dam that has burst its banks. If we keep you somewhere for three months, you multiply. You are waiting to get admission, you multiply. You are waiting to travel, you multiply. You are waiting for clearance, you multiply. You go for service, you multiply. Once you come into endless possibility, you cannot but bring forth fruit. So when I stand and tell you, it doesn't matter where you throw me. Take all of this now and put me somewhere else. Give me six months. You hear Pav again from there. I promise you. You will. Because Christ is in you by his spirit. And that spirit is how anything is possible. That's why that spirit is the spirit of truth. And that's why the spirit of truth is grace. Because of he is full of grace. Are you here? Ah, so life happens to you. Ah, scratch that. You happen to life. At the measure of your consciousness of possibilities. Life happens to you, put a sock in it, you happen to life to the measure of your consciousness of what? Possibilities. Most times, hear me tonight, most times the difference between a prospering person and a deprived person is one person's identification of or consciousness of a possibility. 
everybody is passing three streets to go and fetch water somebody else who should be fetching water understands if i borrow money and put a borehole here and put a pump in this place these people passing these three streets will come and buy water here and that's the difference between somebody fetching water and somebody selling water possibility you're in school and you're hanging around somewhere, you're in Malabo or you're, you know, your your PAV or somewhere around there, and you realize that there's a particular commodity that somebody has to go out to go and look yes, for. Yes. And you hear it once, twice, three times. You will buy those pens and come into exam. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As somebody's pen is failing, 200 naira. Straight up, sir. No, sit down there, be full of the Holy Ghost. You'll be poor and you'll suffer in the earth, you and your salvation. Because you are not conscious of possibility. Nothing is beneath a man who understands he has possibilities. <laughs> Nothing. You get up and happen to it and get up and happen to it and get up and happen to it because you are aware. You are acutely conscious of endless possibilities around you. So you start to happen to life according to that measure. Everyone is hearing the problem, you're hearing the solution. Everybody. And you're not running your mouth, you're just keeping quiet, you're just ingesting. Ah, possibility, possibility. Feasibility studies, possibility. Market survey, possibility. Capital expenditure, possibility. And then you happen to wait while everybody's groaning under it. And a lot of us have missed out on good, superior living in the earth. Nothing like superior living in, in, in the kingdom of God. All of us are the same. Yeah. The earth is fine. Everything is okay. Nobody is superior to anybody. It's here. If you, have, if you have any superiority, it's here. You're going to show it. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you can live better, it's now you're going to show it. And superior living on the earth is unlocked by the ability to be conscious of and therefore harness possibilities because possibility the person lives in you. here this night there's son of god i wrote here there's no circumstance you don't have the ability to change not 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 with that holy spirit that that holy spirit that holy spirit that holy spirit by which god created the earth that holy spirit by which god raised up christ from the dead such that christ could not have come back from the dead without that holy spirit that Holy Spirit, Spirit of Jesus. There's no circumstance a Son of God cannot change. If it persists, if it persists, you allowed it. But once you exert possibility consciousness, there's no opportunity you cannot leverage. There's no statistical index you cannot alter. The moment you unhinge your mind from the realm of impossibility and start to think I'm possible instead of impossible, nothing can stop you. I am possible. I am possible. Not impossible. 
I said I'm impossible. But this is not motivational speech. The spirit of God, oh, the spirit, you, you understand what you're saying? The spirit of God. The spirit of God is in you. This is not TED talk. The spirit of Christ. There's no utterance or situation that is binding on you. No. You see, listen. The reason why you think that your story looks like your village people is because you don't see possibility. So you look and say, ah, that's how one auntie said in the village that I will not go far. It's because you're not thinking possibility. So every evil prediction that appears to be holding sway over you actually has no power. It's because you settled. I've told people before, if you, are, if you find yourself constantly angry, check the house you grew up in. Check who you spend the most time around. You hung around somebody that imparted to you the anointing for anger. You lie at will, check your life. You hung around lying. You watch somebody in your house, your elder sister, your elder brother. No, people hardly begin masturbation on their own accord. You saw your elder brother hiding magazine somewhere. Watching a movie and telling you don't enter. And then you are keen to see what they are watching. He and his other friends. He sends you to buy some things that you can't explain. If you're a lady, especially if you're in a girls' school, you see your seniors trying to do some things and they subtly, subtly, subtly try to make it look like it's okay. So they dulling your sense of judgment until they suck you in. It's hardly something you chose. That's why when you see something, someone going through something, easy on them. Don't be such a cruel judge. You see someone struggling with something, easy on them. Love them through, pray them through. Most times, they didn't choose it. So just check. You find yourself acting a certain way, talking a certain way. You're violent. Check your parents. They used to fight each other. Check. You are defiant, you are stubborn, check. Your father did it to your mom or your mom to your dad. You are hiding money, hiding food, check. Your parents used to hide food, hide meats. Check, check. Or who you grew up with. Why have I said that? Because Africans always want to spiritize everything. Everything they did you. Nobody did you. Some patterns are just a function of proximity. Does that make sense? Once you realize the possibility that is yours in Christ Jesus, whew, your life is at the level of your consciousness. So my case study, my first case study for today is, is in First Samuel. I love the story. Are you ready? <laughs> I gave you a quick tour of grace Truth, Christ, spirit, ability, possibility, power. And my emphasis for this has been that the spirit of God in you is the fullness of the power of God and the fullness of the possibility of God. 
Remember that? And I showed you Acts 1 8. You shall receive power when the and the Holy Spirit is Christ in you. And once you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the possibility of God. That means by the Spirit of God in you, everything is possible. Therefore, whenever anything is happening around you, all you're looking at is possibility. That's what you're seeing. Possibility. And, and, and it breaks my heart to see people just using two and two to gain an, to gain an edge in life. You know, the, the wise man, as they call him, says in Ecclesiastes, I see an error upon the earth. He says, servants are riding horses and princes are trekking on foot. I see an error upon the earth. Servants are riding horses and princes are walking on foot. Somebody say, that's not my case. You have to say it with anger. Say, that's not my case. Ten seven. Ten seven. It's not my case. It's not possible. Look at this. Go back to the previous verse. Folly is set in great dignity. While the rich. Do we have TPT for Ecclesiastes? Even message, right? We have message in Ecclesiastes, don't we? Immaturity is given a place of prominence. While maturity is made to take a back seat. Verse 7. I've seen unproven upstarts riding in style while experienced veterans are put out to pasture. Stay here, TPT, if we have it. Not my case. It's not, not, not with me. NLT then. Or oh, one of them modern translations. No, 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 no. no. I've seen servants riding horseback like princes and princes walking like servants. People without the Spirit of God are prospering. People with the Spirit of God are trying to give and sow their way to prosperity. And church keeps us busy with lies. And all of us are still working for sons of perdition. All of us are still at the mercy of the world system. For how long? When will believers get up and code their way to billions? When will believers, by the Spirit of God, get up and invent their way to prosperity? When will believers get up and realize that inside of me is every possibility that I need? You know, stop telling me problems. Can I start hearing the benefits of what happens to who will fix this nonsense? First Kings 17. First Samuel 17. Let's go there. 17 from us one. Let's go. Let's, let's do this. Uh, Christ in me by his spirit, I'm able. So we're not doing what we're doing because we like spotlight away. It's because we know that the spirit of possibility is in us. And once it's in you, you stop thinking the problem, you think the solution. Straight. Well, what will happen for who solves this problem? So, so for preaching the gospel and everything, how are we going to enjoy this life, Jesus? Yeah. Tell me about what 
who will enjoy. Did you say no one who leaves everything for you will not reap in this life hundredfold? You know what? Let's leave everything already. Hundredfold this life plus women. Yes. It's a major problem for a man, woman. So when this guy said we left the woman to follow you, it was a big deal. The big deal. And Jesus says in this life you get what you left. Ah, I'm following you, sir. I mean, it's a no-brainer. How much land did I have that I left to follow you? Versus 100%. Sir, I'm following you. In fact, the land I've not yet received, I'm leaving it to follow you. Yes, yes. <laughs> So by the time I'm getting it, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. First time I was seven, let's do this. Are you learning anything? Can't believe us be, 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 be creeping the best of the world that was yours or not given to Satan. It was given to you. I said in UTG, which, which territory was, was given to Satan? They were sharing territory. God said that heaven is mine. Earth, I give you half dominion replenished half. How did Satan become prince of this world? You enthroned him. And once you unleash possibility, in your sphere of influence at least, you would dethrone him. Take back what's yours. First Samuel 17, oh, first Samuel 17, I've teach this thing. Now, oh Lord Jesus, now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at soccer which belongs to Judah, then come between Sokor and Asakar. Can I have, can I have NL, NLT? In Ephes the meme. Sokor and Judah as Azekar. Okay, next verse. Saul counted, counted by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. I've taught you when you're reading the Bible, picture it. Opposite hills, valley between them. Vantage point from either side. Military strategy. Four. Then Goliath, this is where he enters. A Philistine champion from Gath came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. Actually, he was nine feet nine inches tall. That's his exact height. Just just on the shy of 10. Go on. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. That's about 85 kg. His coat of mail. You know that? Armor. Armor. 85 pounds. 85 kg. The, the head of his spear. The head of his spear. Weighed about 8 kg. Just the, you know the bit that enters the body? Just the bit. That's about 9 kg. Think of the weight of the spare in, in total. Let, let's go on. See, Christ in you by his spirit makes everything possible. When we're thinking possibility, don't think qualification or credentials. Think the residency of the Holy Spirit. I said, think what? The residency. 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 Gone are the days where you have to go to school to make it. 
So you must go to school. I'm not saying don't go to school, but don't think that school is your advantage. Yes, so don't think qualifications. Don't think credentials. Think what? The residency of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is, I keep hammering it until it clicks in your head like a light bulb. The Spirit of God in you is the biggest deal. The Holy Spirit. People that just had small spirit. See what they did. Let's be going. He also wore a bronze leg armor. And he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. Go on. We're going all the way. The shaft, right, of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam. Tipped with an iron spear hair. Look at that. 15 pounds. That's about 9 kg. Just the head. Just spare head. Not the spear. Just, just, just the tip, the tip that enters the body. Nine kg. His armor bearer walked ahead of him. Go on, carrying the shield. That's all the armor bearer can carry, because the armor is already more than the weight of the armor bearer. Yeah, eighty-five kg. So all the armor bearer can afford to carry is the shield. Next verse. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I'm the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. I'm not interested so much in the story. I just want to show you something, but we'll just read it. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will all be your slaves. But if I kill him, you'll be our slaves. I defy. That means I desecrate. I pull upon. That's what it means. The armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. <laughs> this is how this name is introduced into the scriptures. Now. That's the intro. Now, David. The son of a man named Jesse and Ephrathite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shemir, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. For emphasis, so that you understand the narrative, David was the youngest son. Three eldest were in the army. David was the youngest. Keep going. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army. But David went back and forth so he could help his father with the ship in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army 40 days. All they were seeing was a problem. All they were seeing was a problem, sir. I left them terrified and afraid. One day Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly 
to your brothers. And give this 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a reward and a report on how they're doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. By fighting, being afraid of the Philistines. For 40 days. So this fight was mental. So they had lost, sir. Victory said they were losing terribly. They had lost. When someone says, I defy the armies of Israel. Why are all of you coming to fight? Give me one person. Put it back up. Fighting against the Philistines. 20. Now David left the sheep with another shepherd. And sat out early the next morning with the girls, with the gifts. And Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. <laughs> Soon the Israelites and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. Next verse. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. Army against army. We are about to clash. David has time to go and greet. In the front. New King James, that verse. 17-year-old boy. David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came to and greeted his brothers. The brothers got offended, but they got offended. Next verse. That, that as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath. Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. This line is very important. So David heard them. All of Israel had been hearing the same lines for 40 days. Nobody saw anything but the problem. A young non-warrior. Zero war experience. Showed up, ran to the front, and heard the words the first time he was hearing them. All of Israel plus their king had heard it at least 80 times by this time. Because scripture says morning and evening for 40 days. Including Saul, who was head and shoulders. Somebody say David heard them. Hmm. Put it back up, let's continue. Elam also said, David heard them. Next verse. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said to David, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemptions from taxes in Israel. <coughs> what did David just hear? Riches. King's daughter. 
and then my father's house will never pay tax. Next verse. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, Wait, what, what shall be done? Just let me just understand. What did you say the person that kills this person will get? Now, at that point, David had already informed them that this person is killable. So, David's debate was not even whether or not this guy can be killed. He said, No, no, see, what am I getting for killing this person? person is dead. Yes. Yes. I, I know I brought bread and cheese. But what, what did you say the person that kills this person will benefit? Next verse. They now played it again to David. <laughs> Next verse. And takes away the reproach from Israel for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God. Next verse. And the people answered him in this manner saying, So shall it be done. Basically, they repeated what they said. So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Next verse. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he had spoken to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And if I with whom have you left those few, few sheep in the wilderness? That means the sheep David was even. Whatever, sheep, 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 like that. And he, says, and he says, I know your pride. He's telling David, I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. Very shortly, you understand why Eliab was so pissed off. He was pissed off because he had been passed off. And David said, <laughs> You know, he was the first one that showed up. Now, David said, What have I done now? Are we here? Yeah. What have I done now? Is there not a cause? In other words, am I saying this thing in a vacuum? Is this person not a Philistine? Is he not uncircumcised? Is he not defying the armies of God? Can he not be killed? What have I done wrong? Is there not a cause? And that's my question to you today. Is there not a cause? Is there no reason why you should dominate? Is there no reason why you should take over? Is there no reason why you should excel? Is there no reason why you... Doesn't the kingdom need what you can generate? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can't you be a kingdom financier? Yes, sir. Is there not a cause? Have I spoken out of lying? It's right on. Is there not a cause? 30. And he turned from him towards another and said the same thing. In other words, he had heard it twice. He said, please, again, no. sorry, don't be angry. But this person, the person that kills him, what will he get? He wasn't saying, can he kill him? What would they used to kill him? How long has he been saying this thing? David didn't say that nonsense. The person that will kill this person, please, excuse me, see, I don't have time to waste time. Confirm for me what the person that kills this person will get. David was fixated 
on the outcome of possibility he had become conscious of. And very soon you see where he honed that possibility. Put it back up that same verse. And these people answered him as the first ones did. So he's looking good. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, that means David made such a cacophony, created such a ruckus that the thing got to Saul. There's a small boy in front that's interviewing everybody and making us and saying, what would people get for killing Goliath? So they reported them to Saul and Saul sent for him. Then David said to Saul, here this boy, 70-year-old boy, armies of Israel, standing face to face with another army, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight with this Philistine. Very shortly, I will end this how I started teaching. Grace, spirit, power, Jesus in you, ability, possibility. I will go out. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Next verse. Saul said to David, you are not able as a voice of popular opinion. You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are a youth. And he is a man of war from his youth. He's 17. We are here. We have been, I've heard this 80 times. You can't do it. Then David starts to explain where he drew possibility from. And that's why you must never cancel out your experiences as God takes you through the process for where he's taking you. There's a reason you happened to those storms. There's a reason. David now starts to recount and says, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. Go back. What will be done? For who will kill his person? Riches, king's wife, house and family exempt from tax equals to me, no more shepherd. Your servant used to keep sheep. I will say it again. Some people have not gotten it. You're skipping sheep. Small sheep. He came. He heard Goliath shouting. He said, oh, so-and-so happened to the person that kills. He will have money, riches. He will have the king's daughter. And then he will not pay tax again. Okay. <laughs> Sir, please, please. I don't mean to offend. I know you want to fight. But please, what did they say will happen to the person that kills this person? Money, riches, king's daughter, exempt from tax. Third person. Say, no, it's, it's, I've heard it twice. But just, so, so let's be clear. What do you say will happen? This, 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 and this. He said, okay. He made so much noise. Got to the king. By the time David got to Saul, Goliath was dead. And David had cast out. So 
So by the time he's now introducing himself to Saul, he said, I am an S shepherd. So before my life changed, I used to keep sheep. Before you made me rich by giving me what you gave me for killing who I am about to kill. I used to, I was a, I, I, used to, I, I used to be a shepherd. I, I used to keep sheep. Because you see how possibility took a shepherd boy from them saying, Saul killed thousands, David tens of thousands. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Excuse me. How... David kills one Goliath, and the woman said tens of thousands. Because one Goliath that David took down was more than ten times all the thousands Saul took down. Anyway, he says, I, I, your servant used, used, to, used, to, used to look after sheep that time. <laughs> And, and in that my shepherd profession I was doing before I came here and killed this guy. Bear or a lion will come. When a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, when? Whenever. When means whenever, not once, not twice. Took a lamb out of the flock, yeah. I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. So he had honed himself in certain things and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. Seeing as he has defied the armies of Israel here changes to living God. So Israel was stuck in the problem because they agreed and identified as the armies of Israel. David comes and identifies it is God. You are there's no way you are going scot-free. By the power of that God, you are defying. You are coming down. And therefore, every sickness, every misfortune, every disease, every setback, every tear down that is pitched against the counsel of God, it is coming down in the name of You try to make a mockery of the power of God, you are coming down. He changed from the armies of Israel. Yeah. He put God in the equation. He said, no, supposed to know. God, no, you are dead. I don't hammer. He defied the armies of the living God. Next verse. Ooh. Moreover, David said, the Lord, the Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion mm -hmm, and from the paw of the bear, the Lord. Because now he understands this battle is the Lord's battle. Not Israel's battle. He, somebody say he, he, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. <laughs> Saul said to David, Now only you know it till they see. 
Go. And the Lord be with you, but, but come back. Next verse. Go, the Lord be with you, but come and wear my armor. Put a bronze helmet on his head, clothe him with a coat of mail. Go on. David fastened his sword, his armor, and tried to walk. <laughs> For he had not tested them. So you don't go to war with untested weapons. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. When I, when I killed the lion, I wasn't wearing chainmail. <laughs> when I took down the bear, I wasn't wearing chainmail. I've not tested them. Next verse. So he took them off. Fasten his next verse. 40. He took his staff in his hand. He chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. Put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had. You know, I've taught you that there's what the scripture says. And there's something that what the scripture says says. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. <laughs> And the man who bought the shield went before him. Picture, picture it. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained <laughs> him. For, for, for he was only a youth, ruddy, but he had one thing going for him. It was good looking. <laughs> good looking. Next verse. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog? That you come to me with sticks. Because he had his staff. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. By the Philistine's gods. And the Philistine said to David. Come to me and I will give you your flesh. To the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Next verse. David said to the Philistine. You come to me with a sword. And with a spear. Are, are you a javelin? You think you're scary? I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Next verse. This day. Someone say this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hand. Small boy telling 10 feet giant. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day. I will give the carcasses of the camp of Philistines to the beds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Next verse. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save any man with sword or spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. <laughs> So it was when Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David. And David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. <laughs> David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead. And he fell on his face to the earth. David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. That's meant to let you know how funny it is. And struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Next verse. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine. Took his own sword. He took Goliath's head with Goliath's sword. 
and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. Now when the Philistines saw that the champion was dead, they fled. The men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Sharaim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Keep going. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their tents. David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. But he put Saul's, Goliath's armor in his tent. Keep going. Now when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, this is backtracking now, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So he was generally regarded as a non-entity. So the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. David had three eldest brothers in Saul's army. Saul did not know them. AKA, they did not matter. They did not count. They were not relevant. So they were not reckoned with. Because they were there when all of us were being insulted. 80 times. He took the last one. So as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse the Bethlehemite. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was neat to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. I can go on with the story. It's a beautiful story. I took it for the sake of showing you possibility and how possibility comes. And you see how David, who was a 16-year-old, 17-year-old boy, was killing lions and killing bears. When he stood before Saul and said, I'm going to take this guy down. When he stood before Goliath and said, I'm going to take him down. He wasn't saying it because he had slain giants. He wasn't even saying it because he had slain lions and bears. Why was he saying it? He had never fought with a sword before. Never fought with a spear before. We can't even say that he had fought with a sling before. Because in describing how he took down the lion and the bear, he did not refer to his sling. He said, I took it down, delivered the thing out. When the thing attacked me, I had it by the bed and killed it. He described in graphic detail how he was accustomed to fighting. So there's no even suggestion that he had even fought with a sling. So whatever David took Goliath down with was not sling or stone or experience in lion killing or experience in bear killing was a cons- consciousness of possibility. How do we say that? The chapter earlier, 1 Samuel 16, 11 through to 13. It will come together for you. God will never bring you to a place that you're not conscious of. Your consciousness is on account of his spirit that is in you. Samuel said to Jesse, uh, all the young men here. Then he said, oh, where's the youngest? And he's 
There he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. And he was ruddy, bright eyes, and good looking. So David truly was good looking. And, and the Lord said, arise, watch this carefully. Anoint him. For he's the one. Somebody say anoint him. Somebody say anoint him. For he's the one. Next verse. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him. Watch this carefully. Anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Look at that line, please. If I stop here, I've just finished preaching the message. So what? Who took down Goliath? The spirit of the Lord. Who took down the lion? Who took down the bear? Not experience, not sling, not stone. Or somehow possibility exploded in David. When the spirit of God came upon, just upon, just all it took was for the spirit to be upon a young boy. Lions began to die, bears began to die, giants began to fall. Spirit upon. And you have what David didn't have. Spirit within. Imagination is a gift from God. Given to you to tour your future. Tour. T-O-U-R. Come back to your present and make plans to go there. Say, excuse me, sir. What, 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 again, please, let me just be sure. What do you say will be given... To the person that will kill this person. <laughs> so, by his, by his calculative imagination. <laughs> David has already finished killing Goliath, cutting his head off. So now that he has secured in the future, what he, he now comes back. It's okay. Again, what, what do you say? Uh, what, what do you say? I will get this because that guy. Uh, he's dead. I've seen it. I, I, I've seen how this battle ends. It ends. How, and why are we saying that? Before you say Pavis is, 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 is in frame. He told Saul. He said this guy will be like the lion. This guy will be like the so So the guy was done with in David's head. Now that we have killed him. Let's come and secure our booty. Then kill him. Yes sir. I repeat, now that we have killed him, let's come and secure our reward and then kill him. Because I, I don't, I, I honestly, see, see, listen, it's bread and cheese I came to deliver. I don't have time to waste time running around killing people for nothing. It, it wasn't that he could not kill Goliath. It was, I am too busy to, to spend my time just 
killing people for fun. I didn't come here to kill giants for fun. But this giant is dead. He's coming down. What, what, uh, what are you paying me? It's not the giants I'm worried about. It's the pay. But the giant is dead. Can the giant die? How many days has the giant been arguing? Uh, who is the father of the giant? Uh, has anything been written about giants? Did the giants come with a manual? Uh, is that a reference to him? What's it? Hey, this, see, I'm interested in what I will get. Because something came upon me. That's why I didn't tell Saul. He said, a chapter ago. <laughs> That's why I didn't tell Saul. A chapter ago. A chapter ago, not too long ago, sir. The spirit. Not too long ago, the spirit came upon me. That's why I tell you, careful with Bible stories. There's a lot more they show you. There's a lot more they show you. There's a lot more. The spirit of God came upon him from that day forward. Now, what is spirit? It is grace. Possibility, ability. So, imagination, imagination is a gift from God given to you to tell your future. Come back to your present and make plans to go there. So, you will not arrive at what you can see. You will not arrive at what you can see. You will not arrive at what you can see. You have to see it. You must unlock your eyes to possibilities by the Spirit of God. You must, you must, you must, you must, you must. John 6, John 6, I have to finish this. John 6, are you, are you, are you here? Is this? I was anointed. Spirit of God came upon him from that day forward. So David strolls back to the sheep, knowing the shepherd that came to the house to receive the oil. It's not the shepherd that went back. So the moment the Goliath thing came up, he knew, ah, my next shepherd. I've killed this guy. I've killed this guy. So now I have the king's riches. I have the king's daughter. My house is exempt from tax. That boy I left with the sheep. To him belong the sheep. To him belongs the sheep. And Jesse comes into honor over the son he dishonored. Over the son he relegated to the background. Eliab was upset at the battlefront because he was the one that Samuel got up to say, Ah, this one looks nice, I will anoint him. But I said, No. So all of them were there, all eight of them, watching the oil come upon David. Just as everybody's around you right now, they can see the oil inside you. Because the anointing is not in the bottle. You have an anointing from the Holy One. John 6. After these things, Jesus went, verse 1, over to the Sea of Galilee, which was the Sea of Tiberias, and the great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were 
diseased, not dead. Having diseases. <laughs> and Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now, the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Six. But this he said to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread. It's not sufficient for them that everyone may even have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Just like those guys saw Jesus, but didn't see him as Jesus. Remember? Mark 6. They saw him as a ghost. Oh, there's somebody here has five loaves and two fish. Small fish, by the way. Before he thought it was like a big croaker. Tuna fish. What are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. And there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000, the men. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise, of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, look at this carefully now. He said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain. So I told you that when you think of leftover, don't think of leftover as what they did not eat. Gather up the fragments of, that remain so that nothing is lost. And therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five body loaves. Which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men... When they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is coming to the world. That's why the next day they came out to follow the feeding prophet. <laughs> Philip was stuck on the obvious crowd, no food, no money, just five loaves. But even the five loaves, what can they do? And many times you will despise what the Lord puts in your hand because in your estimation is not good enough. Someone with possibilities as a consciousness is someone that can make anything grand. You can take anything and make it grand. But see, an entitled person would think that you need something big to start. And so you never start. And a lot of times you bury potential, bury possibility because it wasn't grand. It wasn't big. You want it big and flashy. Sometimes you don't realize you've walked into entitlement. You don't want to start small. Because what you are working will work. If you are conscious of what is possible. Is anybody learning anything? If you are conscious of what is possible, what you are working will work. It will. It will. Now you can be anywhere in the world and ship anything to anywhere in the world. What's your excuse? And you sit down and go, nothing is working. How can I? That's why I said if you sit down on the altar of entitlement and the altar of something is beneath you. Nobody who's thinking possibility thinks anything is beneath them. 
Five loaves of bread and two fish. But what can this do? Are you following it now? Bread of life is telling you feed the people. You're saying there's five loaves of bread. There's even bread. So bring the bread to the bread. It's not for you to figure out anything. The bread said feed them. You now found bread. Bring the bread to the bread. Keep your mouth shut. But most times we always condescend something, denigrate it. Like this is this is nothing. It's not something I can do. It's not something I can do. And people leverage it. And they own that territory. Especially when it's virgin territory. Territories that have not been exploited by other people. And they own it. And you're sat there and there's possibilities that lie in your hand. And you're, you're dreaming dreams and having imaginations. And not realizing that it was you being privileged enough to take a journey into your future. And see the possibility. Come back. Get yourself ready and go there. So if you're poor, it's your fault. Don't blame your village. Don't blame the cross. Don't blame Christianity. Don't blame the pastor where you're paying your tithe and you're defrauded. It's your fault. There's possibilities all around you. All around you. Once you have a consciousness of that possibility, you break out of the box. And right here, from here to anywhere, you can do your business. You can. From here to anywhere, your gift can shine. From here to anywhere, your voice can be heard. So if you go and you post once, you're excited, you post twice. Then you don't come on that your IG post page anymore for the next six months. But you're believing God that somebody will see you. Possibility is always active. Possibility is always active. If you're in business, post your craft online. Whatever you sow, post it online. Talk less. We're not interested in what you had for lunch. We're not interested in who visited you in your shop. Post your craft. Double your productivity. You have less time for nonsense. I'm not interested. You did this. You played with this one. You went this one. Look what you did. Look what. That's not helping you. Focus on what God has shown you. He's taking you. Let everybody look at you and not see anything else about you other than what you're about. Or hold your peace. You can't be erratic. You can't be up and down. You're a painter. We don't know. You painted a wall. Only you know you painted a wall. Do you understand what I'm saying? You fix the phone or you fix We don't know. Push the possibilities that exist. Aren't you tired of your boasting right only being that you are the righteousness of God in Christ? Young people all over the place. You are justified. You, are, you can't pay your rent. You can't give in church. For how long? Would you sit down there before me righteousness? 
take over the earth. The earth has he given to the sons of men. It is in order with the gospel mandate. The gospel is the restoration of the kingdom. Are you listening to me? Identify possibilities. Leverage them. You hear something once. You hear it twice. You hear it three times. Fix it. It means you have a call to that thing. You have a draw to that thing. Fix it. Two, three, four people say, I don't have time to go to Taylor. I don't have, let, let the Taylor go to them. Oh, I, I try to eat. I'm not sure how it is. Stay, stay, stay at it. Be faithful. Be consistent. Let everyone know you for what you're known for. Are you listening to me? See possibilities all around you. By the Spirit of God. Life is not about your condition. It's about your convictions. As within, so without. As inside, so outside. Life is not about your condition. It's about your convictions. Your condition is contingent on your convictions. So where your mind goes, that's where you automatically and ultimately go. Where the mind goes, the man goes. Basically. Let me end here. Until you know what God knew about you before you took form, your life on earth will just be an experiment. Until you know what God knew about you before you came to be, <laughs> your life will just be an experiment. You will spend your entire life trying to play catch up. You're trying to understand the life you should be using. <laughs> and unfortunately a lot of us are there that's why young people hear me carefully that's why your parents are trying to use your life because they are trying to use your life to correct the mistakes they made when they were your age as they see you they are reminded of where they were when they were your age and seeing the things that they should have done or could have done. They should have married earlier. They should have gone to school. They should have done this and that in their own estimation. So they start to control your life in the hope that they can make up in your life for what they lost in theirs. Why? Because they spent their lives looking for something rather than leveraging it. And now that their lives are rounding up, they are beginning to think that what they were looking for, they are beginning to see in you. So they start pushing you to get the degrees they did not get. Start pushing you to marry when they did not marry. Start pushing you to do stuff when they could not do it. Because uh, they've spent their whole lives in a rat race and they think that they can see better now that you are in their position. So they want to use you to compensate for what they didn't understand. So most parents are wanting you to fulfill their expectations. Not yours. They don't care about yours. Because you know why that's the case? Because their own expectations of themselves were not met. Any parent that is on a child like that, go and check. They have dissatisfaction issues. And you, you, spend, you can't afford to spend your life figuring out your life. So by the time you start to figure it out, it's finished. 
You not start looking for somebody else's life to control. To make up for your life you didn't live. Because you spent it figuring it out. Are you here tonight? Until you know what God knew about you before he formed you, your whole life will be an experiment. In other words, you're here having a particular role to play in God's plan. You're not here randomly. Regardless of how you were born. You see the beautiful thing about the kingdom, my darling? How you came doesn't matter. There's no such thing as an illegitimate child. There's nothing like that. Call him a bastard if you like. Call him a love child if you like. If a child came, God ordained it. <laughs> All it takes is a man Hey, this will help somebody tonight oh, to meet a woman in the time where the spermatozoa that would have gone in was you. Do you know how many billion spermatozoa were released in one ejaculate? And the mad race for one to fertilize that egg are you telling me that you don't have victories? Listen to me. God designed the reproductive tract in such a way that at every point from the vaginal opening, at every point, the journey of the spermatozoa becomes more difficult. There's a part in the urethra path where the spermatozoa enter and they start to die out because they are getting trapped in elements that prevent them from moving forward. Such that by the time it is reaching the egg, only one could have gone through that place. And I'm talking microscopic elements. Minus school, so little, as little as they are. When it enters, only one can enter. It is in the rare occasion where a couple of them fuse together and get in that you get twins. Otherwise, by God's design, only one of that little microscopic sperm that gets to fertilize that egg. If two enter, one must die. So my parents did not marry. They did not plan. That's their business. It's not your plan. We are following man. Jeremiah 1.5. Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah 1.5. God told Jeremiah, listen to me, before I formed you in the womb, you. Jeremiah's father supplied him to the mother, but God formed him. Did you hear what I said? Yes, <laughs> Jeremiah's father supplied the sperm. Jeremiah's mother supplied the egg, but the formation that led to the sperm being supplied. It's not that sperm and egg brought about what God formed. No, it's about what God formed, bringing about the mixture of sperm and egg. Before I formed you, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So Jeremiah arrived on cue in time to fulfill in the future 
what had been finished in the past. So what Jeremiah needed in chapter 1 was consciousness. That see, guy, you're the only one that does not know why you are here. So Jeremiah is saying, I cannot talk, you know, all of that. God is like, please, before I knew you, from from I knew you. Possibilities begin to expand when you line up with what God knew about you before you came. And that's why you pay attention to godly counsel. So you can understand the endowments that God gave you that are different from spiritual gifts. Prophecy will not bring you money. <laughs> Spiritual gifts will not bring you prosperity. Certified scammer. What will give you money is your natural endowment that every human being in God's image has. That's why people without the spirit and therefore without spiritual gifts have money. Because <laughs> suddenly somewhere someone realized I'm good with figures. I'm good with permutations. I'm good with money. That's a natural endowment. That's not something you learned. That's something you arrived with. So you want to find your place in God's purpose. Pay attention to what comes the most naturally to you. Not what you are studying for university. What do you do the most effortlessly? What do you do without trying? What do you do without even knowing how to describe what it is you were doing? That's why I said for one person here today, I told them I'm not preaching to the church. One person who pays attention to this. I celebrate where you're going. Because there's nothing wrong with filthy rich sons of God. If nothing can cost us our salvation, money is too small. Too. <laughs> so we, we can be as rich as we need to be. Our salvation is okay. Nidu, Kamen, they are the We've entered the kingdom. So the camel and the Nidu and the eye don't apply to us. We're in it. He brought us in. There's nothing wrong with stupendously rich sons of God. You go and, go and explode to possibilities. Go. What happened to your world? Because in you is the spirit of God. So pay attention, Lord. What have you put in me? What's that thing you put in me? How can I blow it out? How? What can I do with this thing? I learn a language. How can I monetize this? Can I transcribe this thing in a language? Can I be a tour guide in a language? Can I be a language master? Don't say all I have is language. Five, five loaves and two fish. What is that? You have five loaves though. You have two fish one boy brought. But I'm sure it's nothing. 
And Jesus says, gather the fragments. After everyone has eaten and is full, gather the fragments. Fragments, 12 baskets. Nobody has nothing. Nobody has nothing. If you say, oh, I don't have a job, create a job. Create a job. Nobody is coming to patronize me. Do something, put it out until it's in people's faces. Yes, sir. Be conscious of what is possible. In ministry as well, be conscious of what is possible. Don't say, I can't speak. That's what Jeremiah was doing in this, in this text. When the Lord called you, he ordained you. He foreknew you. He justified you. That means at any point in time, he wants to speak through you, you can't speak. You can't, you can't, 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 do not mean. You can't, you are able. Somebody say, I'm able. So this is not the kind of message that ends with a shout. No, 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 this one ends with a sober reflection. It ends with a digging deep. To ask yourself, where, where am I wasting all I have seen? Ask yourself, how many journeys of imagination has God taken me on? That when I came back from that journey, I just sat down. Because you can't say God is not showing you where he's taking you. You can't say that. You can't say that. You can't. It's a time of sober reflection. How many imagination journeys has he taken me on? How many times has he been beautiful enough to show me what he's able to do with me? Which is to say what he has already done with me. By his spirit, the spirit of his son in me. I've told you guys in this house over and over, don't join people that believe that all there is to salvation is forgiveness of sins. So terror is a package. Nothing was left out. It's just taking you through journeys. He's shown you possibilities. You walk somewhere, you see them trashing something all the time and you know that that thing can be turned into something. You think every time God plants you in a job, he planted you there for your salary, he knows your salary can't sustain you. So you start to look beyond your salary. Like David looking beyond Goliath. What, what, what is in this for me? <laughs> your salary is not the reward for your job. Something else is. You haven't seen it. I repeat, your salary is not the reward for your job. Something else is. You haven't seen it. Where you are working, you're not working there because of your salary. You think you're working for your salary, but you're not. Your salary is just a small stipend. To keep you until you identify why you are there. Yes, Who am I speaking to? You think God designed you to live on 50, 20k a month? No, no, no. That's not God's plan for you. 15k a month. 50k a month. In fact, 500k a month. It's just to keep you. While you are seen. So you can see. And do. And break free. And be your boss. For the kingdom. The whole idea of being your boss for the kingdom. Is so that you have flexibility to do the kingdom. Not so that your, your business becomes. A blockade to the kingdom. Otherwise. The whole idea of having your business is that you can shut it down anytime for the kingdom. Open it. Not that you know, the business now starts to take you away from, from, from ministry. No. That's not God's idea of you being a boss. 
And for some of you, that's why you're not, you're not yet a boss. Or why you're struggling being a boss. Because what you need to learn from your current job, you have not learned. Yeah. Small CEO, you are feeling like. Church and ministry is coming second. Where you want to go, you won't go. God won't take you there. He won't. He loves you too much to give you what will cause him to lose you. To give you what will cause him to lose you. But by the time your possibility is set straight, and that's why this thing must meet mind renewal. It must, we can't overemphasize it. It must meet mind renewal. It must meet a pure intent. And you can deceive us from your speech and your appearance that your intent is pure. It's you and God that know. But your job is just, your salary is just there to help you. And that's why it is not enough to get you comfortable. Because if your salary is okay to sort you out, you will not dream. Your salary is comfortable, you won't dream. You won't see. And, and you won't go. So every time you get paid, your pay reminds you that you can be better. That you can stretch. That you can dream. Do you know there's value you can bring to your organization that will force them to double, triple, quadruple what they pay you? There's value you can bring. There's possibilities you can unlock where you work that makes you quickly indispensable. And then you're balling until. So it's time to do a rain check, you know, proper rain check. Time out. Honestly, call a time out with yourself. And say, Lord, all this righteousness and holiness that I've received, what does it translate to in terms of quality of life here now? Is there not a cause? Is funding the kingdom not enough reason for you to want to have plenty? Stretch possibilities. Right now, you can have three jobs. You can have a job in Nigerian time zone. You can have another job online in your American time zone. You can have another job in the Australian time zone as if stock markets are closing in America, it's opening in Australia. Yeah. It's closing in Australia, it's opening in Japan. And you can run the world without leaving your room. Yes. Yes, sir. You have a mobile phone and it doesn't do what it ought to do. All you do is chat and send photos. And be a busybody about your own life. Because the details you share with people, people don't need it. The productivity we need. Who am I speaking to? Stop procrastinating. Stop making excuses as, and justifying the excuses. Stop it. Do you know how much time you've wasted? Stop it. You have a dream, start it. Until you have started, you're doing nothing. Until you've started, you're doing nothing. Could you see what he wants to do with you today? Could you ask yourself, is there not a cause? Could you remind yourself that in you dwells the Spirit of God? That is the Spirit by which God can do anything. That God cannot do anything outside his Spirit. God, God. God cannot do anything outside his Spirit. And so what God gave to you is what enables God to do. Did you get that? 
what God gave to you is what enables him to do. Don't think capital first. Think residency of the spirit. Don't think, don't think men and connections. Think what God in you is able to do. And literally one step at a time, your entire life starts to change. And your life starts to count. Not like the three eldest sons of Jesse. In Saul's camp and nobody knew. Saul didn't know them. You're in church and you hear people say, well, mine is just to come and go to church. I don't want to be in any leadership position. You are very foolish. I don't want to be in any, I just want to come and just serve God, enjoy the gospel and go. Then who should do the ministry? Equipping the saints for the work of ministry. So if you abdicate ministry, who should do it? If you abdicate responsibility, who should do it? So you see people being content to walk on barefoot, even though they are princes. You're okay for servants to ride horses. And you're angry when somebody becomes your leader. When somebody steps up, somebody gets married, somebody gets a job, somebody travels. You keep saying it could have been me, it should be me. Entitlement doesn't give you what you expect. Entitlement doesn't give you what you expect. It doesn't. Entitlement doesn't give you that you feel entitled to it doesn't mean it will come to you. You can hold your nose up all you like and appraise and judge everybody's progress. Doesn't mean it will come to you. That money missed road doesn't mean it will find its way to you. So as far as you're concerned, they can call it money missed road all you want. Doesn't mean that it would find its way and realize that it was you should have come to. And then retrace its steps. No. No. It's not about being entitled. Sit down, identify what 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 is it, Lord? What do I have going for me? How do I start? What help do I need? What relationship should I pay attention to? What shall I cut off? What shall I start? What shall I add on? What shall I be faithful with? What shall I resume consistency in? Whatever it is. If you're a dancer and you feel like you know dancing is your thing, dance. So nothing just happens. Yeah. Including to you, Son of God. Yeah, you have to happen to what is going to happen to you. That's how you break the backbone of limitation. It's not by prayer. This one is not prayer. Yes, sir. <laughs> Here. This one is not prayer. It's by exploring, exploiting possibilities. Don't let yourself get in the way of yourself. I beg you. Break the backbone of limitation. Because in you is the spirit of possibility. There's nothing stopping you. You can do this, that, and everything. You can't. There's no law against it. You can be good at law, good at tent making, good at the gospel. Yes, sir. Because your name is Paul. You have the spirit of God. You can do this, that, and everything. You can diversify. You can't. You can't. You can be a science student who is selling food. It's the, it's the age we're in. What's the possibility around you? Chase it. Be consumed by it. Let us know.
Don't let anybody water it down. Because in you dwells the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of possibility. I bound unto every good work. I come into plenty. I leave out LIV. I leave out my imaginations to the full. If I saw it, it's possible. 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 Because he that is in me is the spirit of possibility. And henceforth, I'm conscious of it. I'm conscious of it. Receive and stay with the consciousness, oh my soul. Receive and stay with the consciousness, oh my mind. Receive and stay with the consciousness. Ah. <laughs> Receive and stay with the consciousness. Never recover from possibility consciousness. Never, 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 never. Until the fruits thereof show up. Until the harvest shows up. Until, until the, the reaping comes forth. Until the, the benefits come forth. Never recover from the possibility consciousness. Receive and stay with the consciousness. And all things are possible. Speak to your mind. Speak to your soul. <laughs> David will say, why so downcast so my soul? He learns to speak to his soul. Receive and stay with it. Never recover. Mm. Never recover from it. Never recover from it. Hallelujah. Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at thebasileacommission.org or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at whatthechurch. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus 234-70-881-8864. Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.